This is the Unstoppable Authors Podcast with world-building warrior Angeline Trevina, planning and productivity powerhouse Holly Line, and formatting fireball Julia Scott. Every week we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business, and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey, and encourage you to be unstoppable. Welcome to episode 111 of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. And today we're talking all about shiny new idea syndrome. Yes. So it's just myself and Angeline today. No Julia, uh, but we will crack on with our personal updates. So um, it's been our first week back into the swing of home education and all the kids' classes and activities are back on, which means it's been hectic. A few things have moved days, so we're adjusting to a new schedule, which is always fun. Um, So yeah, I haven't got any writing done this week, Um, but I have been doing some critical thinking about this book and the series, and I've decided to start this book from scratch. Um, Yeah, so I'm scrapping 7,000 words, which is fine, could be much worse. And I'm figuring out in my head where the series is going to end up and what kind of arc I want the main character to have. So, yeah, um, I'm currently reading K.M. Whelan's book, Writing Your Story's Theme, and I'm absorbing a lot of that into my internal craft library. (laughs) I like that, internal craft library. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I bet it's nice to be um, getting back into all those activities though even if it is really really hectic (laughs) (laughs) it is yeah so uh, while while you've got a hectic life going here there and everywhere no doubt mine's quite the opposite I am absolutely anchored to my chair uh, because I am editing 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 forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and honestly that that really is it I am just editing and everything else like my entire life is on hold until after that I have this huge long list of things that I'm going to do after I've finished Stedyard but for now they just have to wait and it is driving me nuts but (laughs) yeah they're like sitting on the back burner but to be fair with with this with editing Sturgeard there is so much that needs changing in this book like big fundamental plot things that I'm actually doing so much rewriting that it's kind of like a first draft anyway. And it's actually quite good. It's, dare I say this is quite fun? Because like I edit for a bit and then rewrite something totally new for a bit and then I edit a bit more. So it's really nice switcheroo all the time between Mm. writing something new and editing something old. And I am getting faster. I'm picking up the pace on it but I'm still not quite where I need to be at. So I need to be getting through four chapters a day and I'm currently at three a day. Um, Of course, some chapters are an absolute breeze. Some chapters have completely disappeared and (laughs) some need way more work. So I'll get there. Just 
keep your fingers crossed for me. Yeah. How long have you got to your pre-order deadline? Um, the pre- pre-order deadline is the 19th of September. And that is my absolute deadline because, of course, I've already pushed it back by the 30 days that I'm allowed to push it back. And so if I don't hit that deadline, it means I am banned from pre-orders for an entire year, (laughs) Mm. which is scary for somebody who bloody loves pre-orders. Yes. Well, I'm crossing all my fingers and toes for you. Thank you very much. I need it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it'll be fine. (laughs) We've got this. (laughs) It's in that really strained grin like yes fine everything's fine uh i won't tell you what else is clenched um (laughs) so let's very swiftly move on to our question of the week and last week i asked you what's one piece of tech that you would love to see become reality in the future so in our facebook group meg chose what is also my ultimate dream teleportation which she would use for traveling the world Nicola also voted for teleportation although she finds traveling time actually a very productive time for writing so Mm. that's a double-edged sword (laughs) Uh, Brett wants time travel tourism to become a thing Mm -hmm. Uh, Edwin wants to see renewable energy developed much more and Heather wants an invisibility suit which she promises to use for good Mostly, at least. Over on Instagram, David also wanted a teleporter for traveling the world. And Maggie wants her own Rosie the Robot from the Jetsons. Or maybe a food replicator to cure world hunger. So fingers crossed for all of those things someday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I would would love replicator technology, I think. That's one of my favourite things in Star Trek, and I just think it would change the world. It would be amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So this week, we would like to know, how do you stay focused on your project and not get distracted by shiny new ideas? Mm. We have no new patrons this week, but a huge thank you to all of our current patrons. We really do appreciate the support. Patrons get early access to episodes, exclusive behind-the-scenes access to our off-air banter, as well as the warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting the podcast. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so for just £3 a month at patreon.com forward slash unstoppableauthors. And it would be really great if you could take a moment to share this episode on social media, grab a screenshot, share it directly from your podcast platform, or even take a selfie with it. Just remember to tag us so that we can share it too. It really does mean so much to hear from our listeners and to know that you enjoy the show. So our main topic today, as you may have guessed, is all about shiny new ideas. Mm. I am an absolute terror. I am distracted by everything. I'm one of those people who will get up, walk to the kitchen, but get distracted by something shiny along the way. (laughs) I can't do anything without getting distracted. What are you like, Holly? Um, I'm like I'm a bit sort of like multiple personality on this because um I swing between highly distractible and hyper focused. Um which is actually one of the things that is leading me to suspect that I may have ADHD. Um, Interesting times. Um, Mm -hmm. 
so yeah like if I if I'm really focused if I'm really engrossed in what I'm doing it's really hard to distract me and like things can be happening around me and I'm completely oblivious um but then other times I can't focus at all I have zero focus and yeah just moving around the house I'll like get to where I was going and be like no I like I've already like in my subconscious changed the task that I was doing Mm -hmm. and the previous task is forgotten so yeah it's uh always these extremes oh yeah the number of times I would like go upstairs to my room to get something and end up doing something else Mm. instead and then I get back downstairs and go I didn't do the one thing (laughs) that I went upstairs to do (laughs) yeah it's really bad um but I some of that is because I'm I have like the most pathetic memory ever (laughs) There was there was this one time I I remember I went into town and this was when I lived right on the edge of town. It was like a five minute walk to the shops and I needed three things. And I thought to myself, I should write a shopping list because I'll forget, get it. And then I was like, don't be ridiculous. It's three things. I did not come back with those three things. (laughs) Any of them? None of them. So yeah, I'm I'm very easily distracted and incredibly forgetful, which is not a very good mix. <laughs> Interestingly, Andy and I were having a conversation about something kind of related to this just just today, this afternoon. We were talking about how, and I'm really sorry, I'm going to talk about Clifton Strengths again. <laughs> so he's number one learner, and I my learner is number eight. So we we both have it high, and one of the the traits of learner is this sort of compulsive need to learn new things, look things up, and then to share them with other people. Um, and, you know, we'll both like, we, we do it all the time. We'll be having a conversation or we're watching something on TV and, you know, and I'll think, oh, you know, I want to know more about that. And I go to look it up immediately. And um, there's this big difference between a number one strength and, really anything from three down um which is that when it's your number one strength it's completely intrinsic and inseparable from your personality it's it's so innate you don't even know you're doing it and it's sometimes really hard to identify that it's something you do um but we behave in very similar ways and I figured out it's because with me the reason I have to look something up straight away is that if I just think to myself that's interesting I want to learn more about it later I will forget. So Mm -hmm. I've developed the coping mechanism of looking straight away because I know if I don't, I'll just forget to do it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like that with everything. That's, that's why I have like lists all the time and post-it notes like everywhere because yeah, I just, I will forget instantly. It's um, yeah, not good. (laughs) Yeah. But how does this relate to writing and the ideas that we have surrounding writing? Well, yes, absolutely. Because shiny new ideas in writing is obviously like story ideas, book ideas, whole new series ideas, (laughs) (laughs) or sometimes entire new genres that you decide you want to write. (laughs) Guilty on all counts. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so 
I, I am definitely have this belief that I mean, it's such a freaking cliche when you say, oh, the brain is like a muscle and you have to exercise it. But creativity very much, I find that the more I use, the more I have. It's not it's not a finite resource for my creativity. It is a self-perpetuating one. Yeah. So the more books I write, the more ideas for books that I have, <laughs> which honestly, it's great because I would rather that than be in the other situation that like I might go three years without having a single idea. So I'm, I'm glad that I have too many ideas. I have more ideas than I could write in a lifetime, I think. Um, but yeah, they're really distracting. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and they always come when I need to be hyper-focused on my a particular project. Mm. So yeah, I'll be like, I don't know, book two of a trilogy, finishing up book two. Oh, like I am now. Um, <laughs> and yeah, my, my whole mind will be going, yeah, now we're kind of done with this. So how about this a new idea over here we should think about this all the time no really all the time no all the time and uh, yeah it's it's really really hard to stay focused on what I've been doing and may have been doing for a year because uh, it's you know I'm doing it I've done it I know it and but this one's new and shiny and exciting <laughs> yep yeah and knowing this about you is why I thought you had really high ideation in your strengths and I was quite cross that you don't <laughs> <laughs> but I do if I remember correctly I do have learner right mm. up there so yeah that's that's my um my shiny new ideas thing but mm. I it's because I I love writing first drafts yeah. I love writing first drafts and um so when I get a shiny new idea I'm like yay it's my favorite part <laughs> it's yeah just, it's first draft again whereas I really really hate editing mm. so um <laughs> obviously my brain is going to the shiny new idea instead of the editing blah <laughs> yeah see I'm quite different that doesn't tend to happen with me um I do get new ideas but I they just come as little sparks and if I don't nurture them nothing happens with them so I find it quite easy to ignore them if I'm needing to focus on something else I can be like that's okay let the sparks happen it's reassuring I like that I'm still getting ideas yep. <laughs> <clears throat> um but I can tell my brain, like, we're not, we're not going there just yet. It's okay. Um, the problem is I will just forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have to write things down to capture them a little bit. Um, yes, I, I have a, an Evernote file. I like, I like Evernote because I can use it on my phone and it syncs to my laptop. Mm -hmm. So when I'm out and about, if I have a shiny new idea, I can save it on my phone. And when I get home, it's instantly there on my laptop uh, for me to ignore <laughs> or try to ignore. And I like Evernote because I can 
in that one file, I can have various different mediums. So I've got voice recordings in there when the idea, because sometimes the idea is too urgent to write, like Mm -hmm. it won't wait for writing. Mm -hmm. I have to speak it. So I've got sound files, I've got images, um, and it's this collection of just random ideas. Some of them have developed into something. Most of them haven't. Some of them, it's just a single word. You know, it's just Mm. just something that's popped into my head and I'm like, oh, I want to keep that Um, because we've all done it. We've all I you know, I don't think I know a single writer who has never done the like waking up in the middle of the night with an idea or having an idea in the shower or when they're driving and gone. I'll remember it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, we don't. Every time it goes, it disappears. And yes, I've kicked myself a lot over that. Haven't learned the lesson yet. <laughs> well, there's nothing you can do about it if you're in the shower or driving. Like, I mean, no, no, no. And in the middle of the night, my body is just going, no, go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have the willpower to get up because I'd wake myself up and yeah, then I'd take ages to go back to sleep. So, yeah. or I'd actually sit up and work on it <laughs> yeah. so, that's happened um, yeah I do tend to generally trust the idea that if an idea is really has the legs to become a story it will stick around mm. and even if you do forget something another idea will come along yeah so I tend not to worry about it and I think I'd quite like to kind of stress that at this point like we are not saying that you need to capture every single idea or that you should obsess or worry about it. I really don't think you should. No, a lot of them are rubbish anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I say, I've got that file on Evernote. It is absolutely crammed full of random ideas. Most of them, the vast majority, like 99%, I have never, ever used. Mm. And probably the vast majority of them I will never use. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Don't obsess over it. If you forget a great idea, there's another five out there waiting for you anyway. Um, Absolutely. But I I am a bit of a queen of crazy ideas. (laughs) (laughs) That's no secret. Um, Especially when I get together with other creative people. (laughs) I get together with other creative people and some kind of weird magic happens and yeah so it's like I I have this friend here where I live who she's she's an artist and we go for very very long coffee dates in fact our last coffee date ended up being eight hours um (laughs) not a joke we (laughs) we went we decided to go out for breakfast and yeah it turned into lunch as well um And after we had been together talking about crazy, crazy pie in the sky ideas, I spent two hours looking at commercial properties available to rent in the area. (laughs) That's how dangerous it can be. And I am a danger. I am a real danger. I get very excited over new ideas without thinking them through or without thinking the implications and the practicalities of them through Mm -hmm. and 
um excitement's very contagious isn't it yes it is because these sorts of things have happened when we get in a room together. These things have. And things like <laughs> indie fire happen. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, crazy big ideas. Yeah. So, I mean, how, have your crazy ideas ever got you into trouble? Um, not too badly yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, uh, to be honest, I think most of my crazy ideas have actually worked out quite well. <laughs> Luckily, yeah, so far, <laughs> I'm waiting. There is one day, I'm sure there will be one that, I mean, obviously, I, I've had crazy ideas that either they, they've faltered before they've even started, because when I start looking into the practicalities of it, it's just way too big. Um, way too expensive or whatever you know it's inhibitive for some reason so they've never got off the ground there are other crazy ideas that other people luckily have talked me out of (laughs) (laughs) but a lot of my crazy ideas have paid off quite well Mm. so I'm I've definitely one for saying you know out of your comfort zone is where really really awesome things happen Mm. (laughs) I love doing things that make me scared because yeah in my experience they kind of tend to pay off yeah so except for ferris wheels (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that's how we grow yeah you know we have to push ourselves and if we don't we just stagnate yeah but little yeah. steps, not crazy big one. <laughs> well, maybe the occasional crazy big one. Yeah, why not? <laughs> oh, <it's>, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so when you were just saying about, you know, this happens when you're editing, you get shiny new ideas. How do you stay focused on your current work in progress? Okay, so I have two different strategies that I use for this one which sometimes can be very effective I say right shiny new idea I see you I hear you I'm not going to ignore you because if I do you'll keep me awake at night um I will give you one hour so I I that's what I say to my shiny new idea I say you get one hour of my time and I will sit down and I will fill a sheet of paper with a huge brainstorming session for one hour. And that's what the shiny new idea gets. And then it gets put away in a box until I've finished <laughs> my current work in progress. And that actually really works for me. That helps because I've given the shiny new idea recognition. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to annoy me anymore. <laughs> but it's controlled recognition. Now, the other, the other way that I do it, which I am currently doing at the moment, is I will work on a different section of that project. So like right now I'm editing Steadyard, but I have another book that I am, another series, let's face it, that I am currently world building. So because those are two very different energies that I use for those two two different parts of the project then I can keep them very separate Mm. and like I can world build while I'm walking down the street 
you know, and capture those ideas on Evernote. La, la, la. <laughs> um, uh, but editing is very much at the computer. So there are things that I can do at different times. There are things I can do in different situations. And so that switch of energies helps me separate the two and keeps me focused on my editing when I need to be focused on my editing. So those are my two strategies. They work for me. They mm. might not work for everyone, but they definitely work for me. Mm. What about you? Um, like I said, I don't, I'm not terribly prone to getting that badly distracted. So um, not, not when it comes to this. Um, so yeah, I'll just, I, if I have a spark of an idea, if I feel I need to write it down, I'll write it down. Um, I always have, I have notebooks for each series. So um, if it's about a different series, like recently I'm working on Felix, but I keep getting ideas for this other series, which I started writing, you know, the nightmare project. Um, <laughs> I have to come up with a different name for it. Um, <laughs> and I can just jot things down in the notebook for that series. Um, but actually the ideas haven't been substantial enough. It's more just a sort of, spark of interest in going back to it so I haven't felt the need to write anything down so um but yeah I like the the sort of giving it an hour saying right hello I see you I really like that idea and I'll, I'll adopt that if I ever need to yeah oh yes yeah, so I, I do tend to uh, personify my story <laughs> ideas <laughs> but then that's not uncommon because people a lot of writers refer to them as plot bunnies, mm. which, which is giving them life and giving them a character. Um, yeah. I always say mine are more like story worms. That's what I call mine because they take a bit of charming to get <laughs> out. They, they don't tend to multiply quickly like bunnies. They, they tend to root around in the back of my brain and I have to sort of eke them out slowly. Mm. <laughs> yeah but uh, but yeah it's it's a common thing with writers that we give our just our ideas character <laughs> and life but there you go um so do you ever find that your motivation will wane for what you're writing because you've been writing it for a while yeah 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 definitely um well <sighs> I say that, but I, I'm not sure I've really written enough to have a set pattern. Um, but towards the end of my um, first series, um, I didn't have any other ideas. I was so completely focused on that series and that one story um, to the point that after I finished it, I kind of went through a period of mourning where I mm -hmm. was like, am I ever going to have another idea again? Because that was the story I had to tell fortunately I did start coming up with other ideas um but the second series that I started I wrote the first book very very quickly very intensely and I went straight on to the second book and my motivation just completely vanished in the middle of that um and I did I ditched it and moved on to something else because it just it, yeah it was gone and I do want to go back to it but I haven't had the motivation to do so for like two years. Mm. So I may no. not. <laughs> but because yeah. uh, there is always this 
sort of tug between the things you know you should be writing, like finishing off a series, and the things you really want to be <laughs> writing. Um, like, I mean, we're, we're in slightly different situations with our books in that you've only ever written in one world mm-hmm. all of your books are set in the, the same world um and involve some of the same characters although yeah. they have different focuses on different groups of characters um whereas I'm a little more eclectic where I have several different series set in very different worlds and quite slightly different genres yeah <laughs> as well um <laughs> But yeah, I always feel this tug between what I should be writing and what I want to write. Like um, my standalone novel, The Notary of Gotless Street, I mm. sat on that idea for around about two years because I was finishing series and I knew that was what I had to write, what I needed to be writing. Um, the Notary is a completely selfish soul project that mm-hmm. I entirely and utterly wrote just for myself mm. and, and I'll, I'll admit that it's um, it's my my self-indulgent project that I I had to get it out of me mm. and I I actually am denied over publishing it at all I'm glad I did because I it's nice to see like your soul project in book yeah. form <laughs> and I've read it and it, I, it's brilliant it's one of my favorite books I think it's fantastic so I'm Thank very you. glad you published it <laughs> but yes it was entirely for me I wrote that book entirely for me without any thought of readers or anything um but yes I did I did put it off for around about two years because I was feeling that tug to finishing series and to stay focused on what my readers wanted me to be writing rather than what I just wanted to write for me (laughs) yeah and I think we all have this or most of us I shouldn't generalize most of us Mm. have this tug of war and you know there's the what what's best for my career what's the most marketable what's you know um, what's the most strategic thing to do Um, and then there's the what does my soul really want to do? Mm. And they're not always the same. Mm. And unfortunately, there's no silver bullet. There's no magic answer. You've just got yep. to try and make a decision. Because it it comes down to this whole creativity side of your business and the business mm. side of your business, which sometimes they align really nicely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... I've I used to be very much they're two opposing things they're two like opposite things but no they're not at all sometimes they work together in wonderful harmony um and other times they they do they do pull against each other sometimes um and you know it can feel like a battle between the head and the heart Mm. um but you know you've got to make the decision that's right for you at the time and write for your business yeah so (laughs) which isn't always easy (laughs) no but hopefully most of the time you'll find a way to kind of um compromise a bit Mm -hmm. and find things that are going to satisfy you that are also good for your business yes I think you know hopefully we're mostly doing that most of the time (laughs) (laughs) I I do feel that 
I have moved into that now. I think at the beginning of my career, it was it was very much like a, a battle between head and heart um, because I did see the business side and the creative side as like these battling dragons. But as my mindset has shifted and I see it all together as one and aligning, then yeah the it has made a huge difference but it was a massive mind mindset shift that took me years and years yeah and there are no shortcuts so, with that you just have to go through it yeah absolutely yeah so yeah. yes my advice is just keep writing <laughs> <laughs> that's the ultimate advice ever <laughs> yeah so let's while shiny new ideas are great and lots of fun and very pretty. Um, let's talk about the downfalls of shiny new ideas, and particularly if you give in to the temptation of those ideas. I think um, one of the big downfalls can be that you never actually finish anything. <laughs> and I remember that. How many unfinished novels do I have in my desk? Um, a few. <laughs> Um, yeah, before I ever finished my first ever novel, I I just never finished anything ever. Um, but I think, again, I think finishing things is actually something you have to learn. Yeah. By just by doing it. Yeah. I, yeah, I was told when I was young um by my mum actually that I never finished anything and it lit a fire under me and was like I'm gonna prove you wrong and since then have finished quite a few things um (laughs) I love that I love I love when things like that happen yeah yeah so um yeah and the sort of flip side of that is that sometimes you can rush to finish things and put out a less than perfect product because you just you want to get it done and out the way so you can move on as quickly as possible um I I (laughs) I don't I've done that yeah me too more than once (laughs) whoops yes um yeah yeah, right I I have done that numerous times and I suspect I'll do it again (laughs) Yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. yeah, another another one that again I'm guilty of is just saying yes to everything and spreading yourself too thin. You get to a point where suddenly you are juggling way too much and something has to get dropped, you know, and yeah, I'm ter- I'm terrible for that. Just saying yes to everything because everything sounds exciting. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll I'll beta read that for you. Yes, I'll I'll also arc read that for you. Oh, yes, and I'm working on this. Oh, and I need to write this for this anthology. You know, <laughs> it's like Yeah, you so yeah. that is a big downfall of shining your idea syndrome. You need to you need to know how to say no to things but you also need to know what to say no to yeah which isn't so easy (laughs) no it's that curation of ideas yeah which again there are no shortcuts you just have to kind of learn how to do that and I feel like most of this episode is just 
us saying, sorry, you can't <laughs> learn how to do it. Um, <laughs> it's such an unsatisfactory answer, but it really is the only one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, practice saying no in a mirror. Mm. <laughs> then, then practice saying no to your children. I do that a lot. <laughs> Um, but but yeah, think really think about when when somebody asks you to do something, stop putting other people first, mm. which sounds awful. And I think we're so often programmed to feel guilty mm-hmm. by doing that. But if you've got a deadline for your book, don't agree to be to read for somebody else. Mm. just say look I just can't right now I really can't yeah I think this is a big part of um why it's important to know what why you're doing this yeah why why are you a writer and what do you want to get out of it because it will help you to curate those ideas and pick which ones align with that purpose and mm-hmm. which ones are distractions yeah what's pushing you forward to where you want to be which which things and if things aren't then say no mm-hmm. don't don't feel bad for saying no yeah I think you, what you were saying a minute ago is so true especially for women that we are encouraged from a very young age to yeah. look after other people and so mm-hmm. we want to say yes because we want to help people which is lovely and of course that's a good thing um <laughs> but it's about balancing things you can't help everybody else all of the time and neglect yourself yeah which leads on to uh, the next downfall which is burnout and mm-hmm. exhaustion which is unfortunately the outcome of spreading yourself too thin mm-hmm. and uh, yeah done that <laughs> <laughs> There we go again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, haven't we all? Um, I'm still coming out of burnout and it is, it's awful. I do not recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> One star, do not recommend. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you've got to try to recognise the signs. Um, and and not th- ignore them. Even yeah. if you recognise them, don't <laughs> ignore them. <laughs> Yeah, um, obviously we have talked about burnout before, um, so maybe we can um, put a few episode recommendations to listen to if you want more on that. Um, yeah, so let's let's return to the positives. So um, upsides, shiny new ideas. So there are some. We are writers. We kind of rely on the shiny new ideas, right? So um, <laughs> they must be good for us as a general rule. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so we said one of the downfalls is that sometimes it leaves you rushing to finish what you're doing. But a good thing is it can actually motivate you to finish your current work in progress so that you can get on to the shiny new idea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just it's that um, tapping into the motivation, but not letting it rush you. So mm-hmm. make sure you are still giving your current work in progress the attention that it needs to be the best that it can be. Yes, absolutely. It's like putting a chocolate bar on your desk and not allowing yourself to have it until <laughs> you've written a certain number of words or for a certain <laughs> amount of time. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 
So this upside makes my heart sing uh, because I I live this way. Uh, it gives you something to look forward to. It does. So <laughs> yeah, number one futuristic. I always have to have something to look forward to, and I'm always <laughs> living in the future. Um, to me, it's already October. Just just saying, it's actually the 10th of September as we record this. Um, it's not even nearly October, you know. Um, yeah, it is so... nearly October. <laughs> um, but yeah, having something to get excited about in the future is, for some people, the best thing ever. So, yeah, yeah. it's good. Um, it, it also, the, all these shiny new ideas gives us the opportunity to jump around between different projects so that we don't go st- stale on a single project. Like I was saying how I'm editing one book and world building another. Mm-hmm. So I've, I'm always, I always work like that where I've got two, at least two projects in two different stages so that if I get kind of blocked on one I can jump to the other and still feel like I'm being productive yeah absolutely I need to do that more you know I think I I think I would benefit enormously from that I'm just in a slightly awkward position now where I've got sort of two things at the same stage so Mm. I need to push one forward so that they can be in different stages (laughs) yeah I could never I could never be writing two first drafts at the same time Mm. I've tried it before doesn't work I could never ever like no not two editing projects at the same time (laughs) ever please yeah for me definitely it needs to be very different stages but yeah I know lots of other writers who work like that as well yeah so it's fun yeah (laughs) So another perk is that it reminds us of our passion for writing, which can wane when writing becomes your business. And this was the Indeed. big cause of my burnout is that I got so like bogged down in oh, I have to make more money that I just wasn't finding it fun anymore. And I am now having to rediscover that fun and and play with what I'm writing. So, yeah, having different projects and starting different projects you know, in fact, this, I'll come on to this again in a minute, this not finishing things, at certain points in your life and your author journey, that can be a good thing. And, you know, hopping between different projects just to have fun and play, there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, we've already said it, but having too many ideas is probably a better thing than having too few ideas yes (laughs) even if they keep you up at night (laughs) i know which problem i'd rather have absolutely yes it's a good problem (laughs) (laughs) yes and having lots of ideas lets you plan a future publishing schedule um as long as you yeah you're either confident you can stick to it or open to it changing because yeah life um yeah (laughs) having yeah i noticed that life (laughs) it's annoying thing that gets in the way all the time frustrating um but yeah like having having a plan you know say say you want to write two books in this series and then two books in the other series and then and knowing and being able to sort of see how you're going to move those series or those or each standalone whatever it is how you're going to move them forward and in what order can be a really good um 
good thing for your business having a plan. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this this is my favorite upside that you just never know where a shiny new idea might take you. It may well be the best thing you could have ever done. Mm-hmm. So let them happen. <laughs> they can be awesome. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, touched on it just then that sometimes we need to follow our intuition and switch projects. Sometimes the market has changed, you know, a trope has become unfashionable or we're otherwise responding to something that we need to pay attention to. And that is absolutely fine. Finishing isn't righteous. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. 100% to this. I... I actually know a couple of writers who in at the end of 2019 were writing um, sort of virus-based post-apocalyptic <laughs> novels. They have not published them. <laughs> they are sitting on those for yeah. a future time. So, yeah, 100%, just like Holly said, sometimes finishing isn't all and everything you know and because of fluctuations in the universe and everything mm-hmm. um yeah sometimes sitting on an unfinished project is a good thing yeah and it's it can be good for the soul just to change things up and do something different and you know there is no point flogging a book that is making you miserable you know there's sometimes i'm I, I would say that never do that. But obviously there are people who are extremely business minded who are like, no, I absolutely have to get this book out because it's promised because it's on pre-order because it's, you know, it has to happen. <laughs> In which case, fine, do the thing. But, you know, if you're not at that stage, if it's if it's just something you have told yourself you have to write, but it's making you miserable, stop for goodness mm-hmm. sake, like you don't have to put yourself through hell. It's okay. You can you can stop and do something that's more interesting, more fun. Yeah, because obviously you you if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it, but I'm grinning like a moron <laughs> um, because obviously this is where I am currently with Stedjard. I had totally lost any love for the project. I must admit, I have refound that love for the project which I'm so glad about but it is a planned trilogy book three and it will not be coming for a very long time (laughs) but it's I wrote I wrote my memory trader series in the same way book one and two happened straight after each other um it was just a run did book one published did book two published and then it was a long wait for book three but book three happens 40 years later in the timeline mm-hmm. of the story so it's okay that I had that way it wasn't like I left book two on a cliffhanger mm-hmm. and everyone was like where's book three and I w- made them wait for ages so I <laughs> didn't have that oh I need to finish this series because mm-hmm. my readers are screaming for it because book one and two were a full rounded story with a full conclusion mm-hmm. So it was okay. And this is exactly what I'm doing with my Cloudspans series. So book one and two are a full, complete story. There will be a full conclusion at the end of this book. And then there will be a very long wait. <laughs> <laughs> I write another one, which will be set 
again several years into mm-hmm. the future totally new set of characters well characters were that were in this one but much further on in their lives so mm-hmm. it's okay to have that long break and I need yeah. it <laughs> yeah yeah I think I think that has to be my sort of biggest thing that I want people to take away is that it's okay it's okay to stop something and it's okay to come back to it later and you know um sometimes it's the best thing because it breathes Mm. new life into when you do come back to it you're coming back to it because you choose to not because you feel obliged to uh, which can be absolutely the best thing for a project yeah absolutely yeah I mean like you were just saying right at the beginning Holly that you are thinking of starting your current work over again so Mm. scrapping 7,000 words of it I have a project which is sitting at around about 20,000 words and because I'm a discovery writer um, it took me 20,000 words to realize what the real story is Mm. so I actually have to scrap probably about 18,000 of those words um, because to me to for the story actually they're pre-scenic action Mm. Um, so I'll use bits of them and I'll draw for them I'll probably steal bits Mm. but do you know what that project is just sat it's just waiting it's not playing on my mind Mm. it's not bothering me no one's waiting for it and maybe it'll sit there for another five years Mm. who knows but that's okay it's fine (laughs) it doesn't matter yeah and because ideas come all the time like we said near the beginning you don't need to worry um Mm. more ideas will come and you know so yeah don't stress about capturing them or making sure you use every idea because you don't you don't need to it's fine there will be more ideas yeah and I I've had some really rubbish ideas (laughs) but yeah sometimes I need to start I need to write something to realize it's a rubbish idea Mm. (laughs) but like I'll have this spark and I'm like oh that would make such a good story idea and then I start to write it and I'm like okay no it really doesn't (laughs) and that's okay again that's fine that's okay yeah you just got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Good. Right. Yeah. So I think that pretty much wraps us up on shiny new ideas and um, all, all our guilty secrets when it comes to shiny new ideas. <laughs> um, so would you rather question? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Holly, would you rather lose all of the photos that you've taken on your phone this year or lose all of the books that you own. Oh my god! Mm. <laughs> I know people can't see my face, but like, <laughs> wow. Um. Oh man, it's a toughie. But uh... I'm going to say I'd lose all the books mm. because they can be repurchased yeah you know how but... much do you reckon it would cost oh god <laughs> yeah quite a lot of money um but that's yeah. what insurance is for right so <laughs> um yeah but the photo like 
you know you can't get them back can't get them back the you know my kids and especially with Misty because mm. we know he's not going to be with us much longer like if I lost all the photos from his last year of life like oh, yes like no. I, I'd, <laughs> I'd lose my photos of Derry yeah as well so yeah, yeah I, I came to the same conclusion I was like I have some signed books and that would hurt Mm. <laughs> that would really hurt but I don't I don't think it would hurt as much as losing all of those photos mm. yeah pictures of my kids pictures of dairy <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a tough hey. one but my goodness I would spend years replacing all of my books <laughs> yeah <laughs> I would take a long time and a lot of money. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So <laughs> on that note, uh, here's a reminder of our question of the week. How do you stay focused on your project and not get distracted by shiny new ideas? And remember that if you want to hear all of the backstage stuff and get all of the other benefits, you can join us over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. And please don't forget to share the podcast online. Tag us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Unstoppable Authors. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. Don't forget to visit our website to get the show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles at unstoppableauthors.com. And join our guild of unstoppable authors and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of World Building. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review.